Welcome to Leaders and Legends of Online Learning, a podcast dedicated to the experts. Thank you for listening. Each episode will be learning from the world's leading thinkers and practitioners in online learning and linking to ideas relevant to online teaching, working with online learners and digital education. You can listen to the experts and check their profiles and link to some of their work on our website, www.onlinelearninglegends.com. I'm Mark Nichols, the interviewer in this episode. You'll meet Professor Santosh Panda in this episode. Santosh has a deep history in open, flexible and distance learning and has worked and researched with many of the international greats across 26 countries. Stand by for a perspective of online learning that is incredibly broad-minded, practice-based and fully contemporary. I'm talking with Professor Santosh Panda, who has been Professor of Distance Education since 1997 with Indira Gandhi Open University in India. Santosh has a distinguished international career across 26 countries, including multiple visiting professorships and over 100 publications across books, book chapters and peer-reviewed articles. Santosh, it's great to be talking with you. Uh, thank you, Mark. Uh, thank you very much for having me for this uh, very excellent, internationally famous podcast, by the way, I must tell you. The pleasure is very much mine. Uh, Santosh, can we start with a brief overview of your career and publications? Well, Mark, um, I did my PhD in 1984. I'm an economics graduate, by the way. I, I, uh, my interest is in economics, distance education, planning, management, which I bring to open and distance learning. And after PhD in 1984, I joined in a conventional university teaching three years face-to-face, moved to Indira Gandhi National Open University when it was established in the first batch in 1987, um, and joined the Staff Training and Research Institute of Distance Education, which is almost equivalent to IET, the UK Open University. And... um, then, 1988, I got a chance to be trained at BBC OUPC in education television, met uh, many colleagues, Jack Kumi, John uh, Jaworski, and many others, and Tony Betts, Professor Tony Betts, uh, whom I have been very much influenced, by the way, um, yeah. in the old school of audio, video, and broadcasting, and that was the time then. Uh, after some time, I joined uh, the Higher Education Policy and Research in Association of Indian Universities, which is equivalent to like a Commonwealth Universities, Association of Commonwealth Universities, that was higher education policy and research for three years. And now India has more than 1,100 universities and 48,000 colleges. Then uh, I also taught a semester in the University of Maryland, and also I was trained in online learning in WebCity. They call it WebTycho those days um, on online learning. Then I got a chance to get into USA as a Fulbright Scholar. Then I worked on online constructivist continuing professional development. Subsequently, I got a chance to get into government of India uh, as a regulator for teacher education in the country, which has 19,000 institutions and 1.4 million teachers, student teachers who study. And um, got a chance to get into University of South Pacific, CFDL, Center for Flexible and Distance Learning as director. And there are 12 isolated countries, and my learning has been a blended learning delivery over there, which I will talk in my subsequent presentations, combining class ODL, online learning, flexor study, and self-study. So that was an enriching experience. Then I got chance to visit many universities and visiting professor. I will tell about two, the Manchester Metropolitan University with the Professor Fred Lockwood, working there 
uh, for online research resources. So we developed uh, for the first time a platform with the help of British Council and DFID, as they call today, um, to develop online research resources. Then the Beijing Normal University, quite a few times I visited a visiting professor in China, working with them on self-regulated learning in open distance learning and open education resources. And with uh, Dr. Misra, Sanjay Misra, I listened to him, the presentation. Uh, he mentioned the program, the model that we have been offering and the postgraduate diploma, which got the best national award in this country uh, as the best ICT program. Um, uh, we used blended learning. I will talk about that uh, using the model. And uh, right now I'm editing the Scopus Journal, Journal of Learning for Development of Commonwealth of Learning, a chief editor. That's a, that's a very stellar career that you've glossed over very quickly. Um, there's been an incredible amount of activity across your career to date. Uh, I mentioned the 26 countries in the introduction, um, multiple uh, invited professorships, and of course a lot of publications. You've been very active in the scholarly field. What are some of the works, uh, Professor Santosh, that um, you think are particularly relevant today to online education and how it's taking place around the globe? Um, my basic area of work is continuing professional development for the system. And uh, we in this country, a national open university with 3.5 million students uh, spread across about 20 countries now. It used to be 45 countries. And there are 18 open universities and about 120 dual mode distance education programs. And uh, our basic work is uh, professional development for open distance learning and online learning. We are also focusing on leaders, teachers, and learners, and enhancing their competency vis-a-vis -vis the model that Commonwealth of Learning had given us, policy, technology, and capacity building. That's the change management strategy that we are focusing on. But what is uh, relevant over here is that we have realized that most of the professional development programs, whether it is face-to-face, -face, online, or blended, and these days after COVID, it is now online and blended much more, I'm realizing that uh, most of the capacity building programs are resulting in learning the nuances of technology rather than um, translating the learning vis-a-vis -vis pedagogy into teacher reflective practice. So therefore, a pedagogy technology combination is not happening. Of course, we're offering a uh, doctoral work, BSD, national, international. The uh, postgraduate diploma in distance learning that we are doing, which is a combination of uh, open education resources, face-to-face -face, uh, learning of uh, hands-on on open source software, including the model, uh, and uh, uh, combining that with the virtual class, we use the Adobe Connect for that. And when Dr. Misra started, then we took it up, we got the best national award, by the way, and uh, which also combines uh, e-portfolio, an informal uh, Google group as a community of practice, reflective practitioners. So combining them all together, this has led to a uh, different kinds of uh, blended learning model, uh, which uh, I will talk about with a MOOCs, if time permits, that how this is distinct mm -hmm. from that, which is based on the connectivist model of uh, maybe Joe Simon and Stephen Downers, maybe uh, collaborative engaging models. So that is one uh, second that we are doing. The third we are doing is that at about 1.5 million teachers in the country. We have a national education policy in place, uh, which is very formative, which is a game changer. They would say, we have been given the responsibility by the ministry to, to train 1.5 million teachers. Of course, 1.5 million will never join in. But then it's a blended model of the national platform where the admission is taking place. 
and the national online platform SOIM, we call it, where the delivery is taking place. And there is a there is an interactive television channel combined with YouTube, uh, joining them together. This is another kind of blending that we're experimenting. We are doing so far. Seventy thousand teachers have joined in. We also got into yeah. the bureaucrats training in the blended learning, online learning for some time. Uh, my work is also economics of distance education, costing, funding of distance education, planning and management book that I had from Rotlays, economics of online learning book from Rotlays again. Uh, but most importantly, I will stress for a minute that the curriculum design for uh, open distance, flexible learning, online learning, blended learning, that has been my uh, major focus of work. Multidisciplinary, flexible entry and exit, recognition of prior learning and credit transfer, development of skills and vocational education and training, that has been a major concern, uh, how mm. to do this. This will be distance learning and online learning. Technology integration. I would uh, submit here that uh, my experience shows that technology still stands at the supplementary stage. Yeah. Maybe it's getting too little complementary. It's not getting integrated. Meaning uh, thereby, there is a synchronous conferencing. We have educational satellite. There's a broadcasting, interactive radio counseling, and link to interaction asynchronous discussion forum. But the technology integration with the pedagogy is not happening. That is an area that I would like to focus and uh, and see that uh, is a professional development that also develops faster. And as a research area, that is also getting faster. And finally, the delivery strategy, blended learning. My focus uh, of my presentation will be blended learning. That's my experience. And my experience tells me a fully online learning is not working. It's certainly not working. It has its own inherent problems why it is not working. And therefore, a self-learning, face-to-face hands-on for skilling, and online collaborative learning joining together in different percentages uh, for face-to-face education, for distance education, for online learning, that's what it is coming up. And our National Education Policy 2020, on which we are doing national training, that also stresses on these aspects. So skilling employability has been a major concern, recognition of prior learning, dropout attrition that we have been working, academic family, personal reasons, institutional reasons for persistence and dropout. Also self-regulated learning and collaborative learning that we have worked, uh, especially with Chinese colleagues, um, enhancing the self-regulated self-study skills of the students uh, so that they can get the best benefit from open distance learning and online and blended learning. And open education resources and open sharing, that is an area that we are, and open educational practices. My two doctoral students are working on that. And technological pedagogic content knowledge, also we are working. And uh, Dr. Mesra mentioned about TEL, uh, the attitude uh, that uh, uh, we did a, a national study, which is the highest uh, impact factor that we have, uh, um, which is published in Educational Media International, which is doing very well. We are taking it forward. Post-pandemic, we extend that study, uh, which is again published in Rockless EMI, Educational Media uh, International. We uh, talked about OER, institutional repository, multimedia-based teaching learning, and faculty capacity building. They came out to be important factors why or how open educational practice will get into teaching learning, in this case, in teacher education. Of course, uh, my area of work is costing and funding, and therefore, 
and my last evaluation of Commonwealth Learning Program, uh, online learning on OER, and my work was on return on investment. So uh, uh, that was a work that I did. So um, I think the Commonwealth of Learning uh, formulation of policy, technology, and capacity building, we are taking it forward. And myself and Dr. Misra, we did a book of uh, technology and learning policy, pedagogy, and practice, uh, uh, joining the Commonwealth experiences, including Professor Michael Sankey from Australia contributing, and many other colleagues contributing to that. I think these are the areas that I'm focusing right now, and uh, some of the areas we are taking forward vis-a-vis blended learning, open educational practices, and uh, TVET, skilling and employability through open and distance learning, and uh, capacity building for these. Yeah, there's so many themes to pick up there. I was particularly struck by your mention of one and a half million teachers that you're uh, responsible for professional development. That's uh, just over a third of the population of New Zealand uh, that you're actually responsible for educating through open distance education. (laughs) Santosh, how do you manage to provide quality education at scale? Because that is a huge volume of learners. Uh, and no doubt you're doing things exceptionally well through online distance education. You mentioned um, wanting to describe a bit about blended learning and how it takes place. What does that look like for one and a half million teachers? Um, Mark, to be very frank, this is an area which is a major concern. So John Daniel gave us the formulation, the, the triangle, iron triangle, that yeah. cost quality and uh, effectiveness, learning outcomes. Uh, having a large-scale mass higher education as we are in the Global South, especially in India and South Asia, uh, because our traditional model of delivery, which is based on the British Open University, that self-learning materials, learner support center support by the teachers, and an assessment strategy, that has also gradually changed to the new system of networked learning, collaborative learning, and where learner support is uh, is built into the curriculum design. Whereas in the earlier model, learner support was after the curriculum design. Um, but my submission here is that uh, for this mass higher education, both the models need to continue. We need to do research to what extent both the models can complement each other. We should be blended learning within code, blended learning, that the traditional model of self-learning materials, resource-based learning, vis-a-vis study center-based learner support and skill development in the face-to-face context. And assessment could be online, assessment could be offline also, it could be monitored, yeah. it could be it could be from home, it could be at the, at the exam centers. With the new model of networked learning, which is collaborative, engaging, intelligent, and 24 by seven support kinds of things. So I think, mm-hmm. If these can be judiciously joined together with an institutional policy, system in place, infrastructure and provisions in place, teacher capacity building, and students' competency enhancement to to study in this non-face-to-face, non-classroom-based situation, I think that is an area uh, which which needs to be addressed too. And the second point is that technology can be brought in over here, not full-time online learning, but as an intervention to support an individualized activity-based learning and bring in collaborative engagement online. I think these two areas, which uh, I'm convinced that uh, mass higher education could still be cost-effective, of course, but the quality of learning can be enhanced with a combination of these two kinds of formulations or the formats that are standing apart right now. 
So there's a definite deliberate design there where you're judiciously taking the different possibilities of education, the different interventions, and you're mixing them together in a way that adds value to student learning uh, and optimally. And also, too, from what you've been saying, at scale. So there is a, a system behind this. There's a, a centrally driven set of ideas, pedagogies, processes that's supporting learners at scale. I must uh, add one point over here, because the major concern is skilling and employability of the graduates. So yes. uh, that has been the major concern. Our new policy says that we should combine the disciplinary competency with multidisciplinary competency, with application and skilling and employability built into that. And social and life skills and happiness skills, including environment, uh, professional ethics, values, our Indian art and culture and tradition, and so on and so forth. I think given this formulation, we need to work more, and I will invite colleagues all over the world to, to contribute towards how skilling and employability could be possible within open and distance learning. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, this is an area which online learning cannot address. Our old open and distance flexible learning can address that. And my formulation that uh, the face-to-face -face component, if that could be devoted to skilling and employability and recognition of prior learning and credit transfer, that will work more. Mm -hmm. And we may, we may, we are not able to do, but we may have to individualize uh, learner activities and learner pathways, learner assessment strategies to achieve the same learning outcomes. I think this is a challenge. Yes, yes, especially given the scale of uh, learners that you'll be dealing with um, through Indira Gandhi Open University. Um, there must be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of learners uh, whose lives are touched by the institution each year. It's, it's quite extreme. But when you look at uh, individualizing learning, uh, providing learning pathways, that is a, a very, very big challenge. Uh, unless we have uh, a foolproof institutional policies in place and those policies translate into provisions that we make provisions. So therefore, the leadership uh, for me is very important. And uh, this is an area which we are talking very late. And my summation is that teachers and students and the system will work um, provided there is a strong, understanding, visionary and active leadership, a leadership which can act, which can deliver. So um, a leadership training in open-end distance learning is very, very essential. And this is an area of research that we are doing less importance to, that uh, um, how leadership and management and organizational behavior could also influence, in fact, needs to influence our teacher and students' work as, as teaching learning. So, um, Santos, it's now mid-2023. Um, clearly, a lot's been happening over the last few years through COVID. There's a lot of interest now in online education, uh, and certainly technology is continuing to mature. I mean, I think the um, use of video conferencing has really taken off over the last few years as a result of COVID. What are your observations about online education at the present time, now that we find ourselves in mid-2023? Um, I did also this review for my country, for the Commonwealth of Learning. There have been quite a, a few innovations like open textbook, open examination sort of things uh, in between, which was very difficult in the traditional system of education because they are, they are very stringent. They're not opening up and which happened. Mm. And uh, I would call that leading towards an open education practice specifically the COVID time. But this uh, uh, remote teaching as has been uh, pleaded by many, uh, which happened in the COVID time, it had a few benefits. One, 
that the teachers in the conventional system had never been or hardly been into technology. And therefore, all the teachers in all the institutions, starting from school, college, university, further education, TVET, and so on and so forth, they had to struggle hard to get into Zooming, Googling, and this kind of stuff, which was the, the remote teaching. So that was one benefit that we got. Every teacher had to upload, download, and check online the assignments, and everything was online, and that was done. But for me, uh, given that we have already achieved a kind of attitudinal change and a little bit of capacity building during COVID time for almost all teachers, hopefully, now it is time to do away with that and take the experience forward towards a blended learning. And therefore, I would say that our COVID time experience did not allow us. China did a little better. Um, USA did a little better. Maybe Australia, Canada would have done a little better. But uh, in our part of the world, it remained the same as it, it was elsewhere. So therefore, I think with these attitudinal change and little capacity building, I think we need to take it forward towards a more um, collaborative, engaging, reflective, which is possible, we have done. And I will give an example, if you allow me, I will give an example of our postgraduate diploma in e-learning. That's what we are taking forward, which got the best national award. We are taking it forward to push, even in the formal system of education, that how a face-to-face self-learning and online can join together in a flexible, multiple entry exit recognition of prior learning model vis-a-vis TVET, mm-hmm. because TVET is now an integral part of our higher education system after 2020 policy. So therefore, I would plead that, say, for instance, we offered open education resources, a virtual interactive classroom, Google Groups as a community of practice, discussion forum, which was of high quality. There were reflective activities. A face-to-face workshop, two weeks compulsory hands-on on open source software and model audio, video, blog, and wiki. Blog as an individual reflective practice and wiki as a collaborative reflective practice. And finally, we had e-portfolio, which led to, for us, a kind of self-regulated learning. We have done work and study and publish this also. This is one form of blended learning that we did, which simply to conclude, which combined self-learning, face-to-face hands-on, and online collaborative exercise. And uh, I was very much influenced by Terry Anderson and Randy Ganderson's formulation of uh, reflective community of critical inquiry or practice, uh, which we try to build in. So I think beyond COVID, it is now time that we as teachers must do our own competency enhancement, attitudinal change, and proceed towards more of a blended learning. And for me, an exclusive online learning is not working. And what to talk about at Zooming and Googling, which is a very minor form, static form, vieweristic form of online learning. So that will be my submission. And therefore, the future is blended learning. Uh, face-to-face has also moved towards blended. Distance has also to move towards. And online has also and TVET, TVET could have last percentage of face-to-face interaction, but certainly some kind of self-learning and a whole lot of technology-supported, enabled um, interaction, support, activities, assignments, portfolios, cases, and whatever they would like to do. That would be my submission. I look forward to um, beyond COVID to this kind of a blended learning situation, uh, not only in my part of the world, in the whole world, I will say. 
Mm. It's a very rich context you described there uh, with a whole lot of different components all working together to reinforce that sense of community, to reinforce that reflection, um, to reinforce that sense of engagement with uh, with learning, which is was fantastic. So th- that would work well in a postgraduate qualification for professional development. How about across uh, some TVET courses? Uh, what are some of the larger courses that Indira Gandhi University offers? And how are they taught? Is the blend somewhat different? Well, uh, we have diversified uh, programs and program structures and designs. For instance, our nursing um, health science uh, surgery. We do surgery at a distance, by the way, but uh, then our regulator doesn't allow an MBBS as the first degree, like a law, LLB, a first degree is not allowed. All professional, like engineering, it's not allowed. So one has to do face-to-face. But these continuing medical education, these doctors are already MBBS. They're working in the uh, primary health center, district hospitals, Mm -hmm and the state capital hospitals and the national hospitals and in their own private clinics. So these four kinds of uh, doctors joining in, it's a very different kinds of design for surgery and cardiology. Of course, it is community cardiology. It doesn't involve much of operation, but for the surgery, Mm. it involves operation. A doctor who is a a self-service or employed doctor practices in the medical college which is attached to a hospital or a hospital attached to a medical college, 43 skills on five patients. One does operation in the operation theater. It repeats that in the district, which is a lower level, district or subdivisional hospital, again, the same, and repeats that in the primary health center or the village hospital or one's own clinic in the villages or small cities. And in the process, one maintains a logbook. It's a very minute logbook. And finally, the logbook is evaluated by by the evaluators. This is one model which tells us how this could be done. The second model that I will say very quickly is that uh, those uh, who are joining the defense forces, Army, Navy, and Air Force, and uh, those who are uh, post-schooling, getting into TVET, we call it industrial training institute. I'm talking about the lower level TVET at the school level, the industrial training institutes and polytechnics. And after that, they are getting into skilled universities. We have skilled universities. And now skilling is part of the general education. So horizontal vertical mobility between general and vocational education is possible. This example tells us that how we are doing it. 50% of their on-the-job experience, either in the military training or in the polytechnics or industrial training institutes, we will recognize as a university, we will do 50% credit transfer and they will do 50% with us. And finally, we will award a graduate degree. So the the recognition of prior learning is already in place, but uh, we look forward to that how in the other kinds of education, the TVET could be possible given the mass higher education context TVET could be possible in other kinds of general education. So general education getting into vocational is a little tricky and vocational getting into general is a little easier. So, mm-hmm. and there are other diversified uh, course design models that are happening over here. But uh, uh, at, the, at the end of the day, I must say that uh, this uh, uh, self-learning, unless the students have the competency for self-learning, uh, which is very difficult and which we are facing, Learner center support who have never been part of your curriculum and course design, who are standing apart all over the country, and they are teaching the way they are teaching. Combining this with the hands-on experience in the skill centers 
and the assessment strategy, which is basically traditional. Santos, you've hinted at this earlier, but what research would you most like to see at the moment? What do you think the online education needs right now by way of research outcomes? One, I would say that uh, I will just outline blended learning for skilling and employability, including recognition of prior learning, combination of academic learning, skill learning, and recognition of prior learning. The second, the teacher professional development. I think we need to combine policy, system, provision, teacher competency, Mm -hmm. and learner competency, which is uh, resulting in learning nuances of technology rather than leading to teacher reflective practice in context. Um, That is an area uh, which we would like to uh, um, investigate further. Teacher accountability vis-a-vis management accountability. We always talk about teacher workload, teacher accountability, but we need to investigate about management accountability and leadership matters. That is an area which should be focused in the future. The fourth area, I would say, the models of education delivery and models of blending. Traditional self-learning, study center support, uh, a work center network, on the one hand, an intelligent or intelligent flexible learning. Our blending could also be traditional self-learning, study center support, and intelligent flexible learning, how we can blend them. This is an area which we would like to work. Another area uh, I would suggest, research methodology. In research publications, this is an area which we developed with Commonwealth of Learning, the pressed materials, which is the basically capacity building resources for, I was part of the advisory community of Commonwealth of Learning, and I think uh, some 20 years back, we developed that. And uh, um, there, 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 there is a lack of relationship in the papers that we find, and therefore research training is needed, which Professor Fred Lockwood and myself, we did a series of workshops in UNIS and in other parts of South Africa, which led to high level of publications and high impact journals. Problem, research problem, relationship with conceptual framework, relationship with research design, and relationship with the research implications. This is an area which is not happening, and quantitative, qualitative, mixed method research, it's all messed up, I must tell you. So it's more from my experience. So research training in open distance learning, blended learning vis-a-vis research methodology in open distance flexible, maybe you could call online learning, joining together blended learning, is an area which we need to uh, uh, see it in future. My heart is uh, institutional delivery, uh, learner satisfaction, cost effectiveness, and cost efficiency. This is an area which uh, we are addressing very less. Um, uh, Professor Greville Lumble, and uh, we did a whole lot of uh, work, and Professor Thomas Holzman, and quite a few other colleagues, we did. But this is an area uh, which is very neglected cost effectiveness and cost efficiency. And in my part of the world, we are no more comparing face-to-face with distance or face-to-face with online, distance with online. We are not doing that. They have their own contours and trajectories. And therefore, within the system of face-to-face, within distance learning, within flexible learning, within online, within blended, I would submit that we need to work more towards cost effectiveness and cost efficiency as part of the institutional management. And uh, maybe, uh, if you like, uh, a return on investment study because we're investing money and therefore how we can, with full quality of learning, full learner satisfaction and full development of their employability skills. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think these are the areas I would uh, like to look forward to and would like to work also on these areas. Yeah. 
So there is a whole lifetime of research there that could be done. What, what's your current focus? So professionally, of course, you need to um, uh, define your own research track quite carefully. What work is receiving your attention at the moment? Right now, um, uh, I'm working on blended learning as an area, research methodology capacity building, as well as uh, research methodology as an area for open and distance learning. Um, models of educational delivery is an area. Of course, teacher professional development, that has been our mainstay of work. And I, I'm, I'm certainly uh, working more towards cost effectiveness, cost efficiency and return on investment. That is an area, whether it is costing, funding, um, kinds of uh, um, planning and management part of that, um, institutional and private cost, social cost, mm. um, um, meaning thereby the public authorities should spend more. That's, that's the idea of this kind of process. So social cost should be brought in from the public authority of the government, but then the whole lot of cost is being transferred to the students as a private cost. So and so therefore, all institutions reducing cost is reducing the quality of educational discourse and educational delivery. That is an area which uh, I'm working right now. Well, Santos, um, thank you so much. Two people you'd recommend as leaders or legends of online learning, uh, one whose work or perspective is significantly influencing you now, and one who you think otherwise has an important perspective to share. Now, you've worked with many, many people over the years, so I appreciate how difficult this question is. Um, Mark, uh, um, as I was checking uh, the podcast, uh, which is uh, very much internationally famous, there are 83 international scholars who have <laughs> yes. contributed. This is, this is a great achievement, I must tell you. Mark, I have four colleagues uh, who I did not find in the list, whom I would uh, recommend to see that their views could be reflected in this podcast. Yes, One is Professor Marina Makaisa, who was International Council for Educational Media President at Regional State University who has done excellent work with uh, uh, Chambol's Varsidas, who is now editing Edu Educational Media International in Rotlace. So mm -hmm. uh, Mariner and uh, Chambol's could jointly do that. Professor Charlotte Gunavardena or Lerni Gunavardena yes. from the yes. University of New Mexico, who was my co-partner and mentor in my Fulbright, an excellent quality work in gender, culture, mm -hmm. and online learning. This is an area that she's working very well. Professor Tian Velabati, who was the former president of ICDE, who was the president of Universitas Terbuka in Indonesia, doing excellent work. And along with her, Professor Im Sung Jung, who was a Christian women's university in Japan. Thank you very much, Mark. Santosh, thank you so much. Uh, you are definitely a leader and legend in online learning. Uh, your your mention of collaborators took me back down memory lane. A Griffel Rumble, for example, I've, I've cited his work many times. Uh, Fred Lockwood, I've met. Um, Wonderful. You've got a fantastic heritage in education. Great to hear how you're translating that into the online space. Thank you so much for being a leader and legend of online learning. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much for having me on this very, very famous podcast uh, that you have. Thank you once again, Mark. You can find out more about Santosh and his work from our website. That concludes this episode. Be sure to go to our website, www.onlinelearninglegends.com, to follow up on this episode's guest. You'll also find links to others whose ideas continue to inspire and teach online learning professionals, and you can subscribe to future interviews. If you know of a leader or legend we've not yet talked to, please do drop us a line at onlinelearninglegends at gmail.com.